Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was watching clips from Nell. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, welcome back. We are finishing season four of a free podcast where we talk about movies of our dumb decade. I'm your co-host, Rob, joined, as always, my good friends, Joe and Duff. Happy New Year. Emphasis it's on right. dumb. It's right. New Year episode. Emphasis on the dumb for this episode. You know, I, listen. Well, this I don't is, wanna, t- I, yeah, this, we're moving into the future with this one. I don't want to fight with you guys on New Year's. Um, we're talking about the Brian De Palma flick, Mission to Mars. <laughs> and um, let's talk, I guess let's start by talking about why. So we we've take we took a look back. Yep. Uh, on our previous decade, and we wanted to pick one movie that looks ahead into the next one. So here we are in 2020. Uh, starts yep. in 2020. I think for it us, ends in- we don't get to be in 2020 till midnight tonight. But this movie yep. gave us a little taste. A tiny taste. Uh, Joe, I was a little disappointed. You said it was a 2020 movie. About seven minutes of this movie take place in 2020. That's enough. <laughs> we, see a, we see a backyard barbecue in 2020. Yep. Could you believe yes. how futuristic they were? Mm-hmm. Well, I, okay, I... All right. We're going to get to that. Uh, I enjoy, actually, that the future doesn't look some like some stupid thing. It looks like the present, just a tiny bit different. And I think that's the right way to look at the future. As opposed to the nonsense from the last five episodes of movies that look at the future and like as if the world doubled in capacity of what it can do. But should we talk about the plot of this movie? Because not everyone's seen Mission to Mars. True. I don't. I don't. You know what you mean by like only seven minutes of it are in 2020. Like when's the rest of the- it? The rest of it jumps forward about 20 months, and it's like yeah. once, so 20, once. So yeah. So it's like next year. Big it- deal. It takes place over two years, I think. Yes. And only okay. a little bit. Only the barbecue is 2020 and the rest I just want to is... make it clear that it's not like it's 2020 for seven minutes and then the rest of only... it's 2045 or no. something. Like, I mean, it no. is early next time. Only the backyard exposition jamboree takes place in uh, 2020. All right, guys. Let's Before we jump into our takes, I think <laughs> our listeners need to know what happens in Mission to Mars. Yeah. And ju- I try I, to explain I, it to them, Rob. <laughs> I feel like Joe has decided this season isn't about our dumb decade. It's what insane plot synopsis do we need to make Rob explain <laughs> to everyone? <laughs> this is like a creative writing tests I'm really given here. This All is right, a big so movie, budget movie. It is. This movie starts in 2020. There is a plan to go to Mars, and that expedition will be led by Luke Graham, played by Don Cheadle, and his crew. They arrive in Mars, and they find a strange formation that looks like it could be ice, which is exciting, of course, because ice means water. Water in Mars means, you know, we could live there. So they go to investigate, and all hell breaks loose. Most of the crew is killed. And we see that the structure was actually in the shape of a large human face, like a big building shaped like a face. Um, Another set of astronauts which includes Woody Blake with his wife, Terry, Jim McConnell, and Phil Olmere. Uh, that's the name of the characters, not the name of the actors. The actors would be Tim Robbins, 
his wife is played by Connie Nielsen. Um, we also have, uh, for our Forrest Gump Minute fans out there, Gary Sinise. And um, for whatever reason, Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> he, he had a little run there. It, it was, was this around the time of Sliders? I don't know. Jerry O'Connell's He was a, he was a big TV star. Hey. Yeah. He's, he seems like a nice guy. <laughs> terrible. He, this um, is also uh, pretty close to, wasn't he? Yeah, Jerry Maguire he's in too. People probably recognize him most from that. Yeah. He's uh, the quarterback in Jerry Maguire. He's he the guy who's not good at acting. Um, so in, uh, Joe's apartment <laughs> with the talking cockroach. Oh, yeah, Joe's apartment. <laughs> so they find out that Luke, the Don Cheeto character, may still be alive, and they go to save him, as you do. That's and him. a bunch of difficult situations arise in space, and they eventually <laughs> get to Mars, and they find Luke in a greenhouse. They learn that the structure... So when things get a little weird, they learned the structure. By, he survived by eating Matt Damon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they learned the structure that killed the crew is emitting a sound that they deduce is the X Y Z coordinates <laughs> of human DNA, but mm-hmm. but missing two chromosomes. Much, so much is, like so Dove's favorite movie. So is the creators of this movie. <laughs> um, they go back to the Mars face, uh, and they complete the correct transmission of the of the DNA helix. Uh, then they go, the, the face structure opens up. They go into a large white room. They come in contact with an alien life form and learn all sorts of nutty stuff. Should I go into the nutty stuff they learn, or do we, is that good? Let's I mean, go they, into it. They, they learn about the origins of life on Earth. And yes. <laughs> they learn my, that... My job was, was dropped during this there, part. There was life on Mars, and then they sent DNA to a bunch well, of planets. Because it got, yeah, because it got hit by an asteroid. Hit by an asteroid. And they sent a bunch of DNA to a bunch of planets, and uh, we learn in a very clumsy sequence that that's how life started on Earth. Um, everyone else is like, I'm going home. Uh, but Jerry McConnell, not Jerry McConnell, <laughs> Jim McConnell, played by um, Gary, Sinise. Gary Sinise, decides, I'm going to go with the alien. And then the movie ends with the rest of the crew on their spacecraft back to Earth as as a spaceship zooms by. And that's Jim being flown by this alien spacecraft off to whatever the alien planet Some is. Some other galaxy. Yeah. The end. Now, I want to say something, guys. Mm-hmm. Can okay. I can I just start well, off a, with a little... It's so rare for you to say mm-hmm. something. Please. Yeah, a little monologue here. I feel like over the years, over the time, over this podcast, over the many years I've known Joe and Duff, you guys make broad assumptions about what I will like and what I won't like. Uh, and... Uh, oh, let me... Okay. Hold on. This is a monologue, Joe. All right. And... Uh, and I feel like when, Joe, you suggested we watch this, you said this is a big, stupid movie, and Rob will probably like it. And I watched this movie knowing that you said that about me, Joe. I, and I'm going to tell you guys something. dispute that. But I'm going to tell you guys maybe something. Maybe I did say it. All right. I like this movie. It's so bad. <laughs> I like this it's movie. Like in a bad, like I loved it. mostly I, at it. 
no, I really enjoyed this movie. I I you liked Mission not. to Mars. You, you did you, not. I absolutely no, you did. Just, I absolutely did. You're just trying did. to. This is shock no. jock nonsense. You're no, not it's not to create, shock jock nonsense. This is this is embrace debate. ESPN no. nonsense. Get real. No. Woody, pa- no. Woody Page Lumley. Oh, I'm getting upset now. <laughs> I like this movie. You, no, you don't. I do. <laughs> why? All right, I'm gonna tell you a few reasons why. Number one. Right away, it wormed its way. What's that? Stop it, Duff. <laughs> it wormed its way go, into my go heart. Go back to your Nell clip stuff. Let Rob talk. <laughs> it wormed its way into my heart right away because this movie does what I love when movies do. Now, I'm not saying it does it in the best way. But actually, I think it does it fine. I like when movies start with a big like social event and we see all the characters at the social event interacting i like that right away i was like i was in you came I enjoyed, here party. yeah i like you know you got tim robbins you got don Cheadle, gary sinise too bad about jerry o'connell um he, but he they're interacting liked, he, he would have liked eyes wet shut better if the party was at the beginning yeah well i like eyes well, why they wear masks <laughs> i'm just making all wear masks metaphorically speaking so mm. Uh, it's a reference to The Mask, starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks, Ben Stein, for that quote. Uh, so, I like the opening. I like the people in this movie. Wow. I like the characters. I felt like, of all the movies we've watched so far this year, this season, oh, no. these were the most human characters that we've mm. seen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Woody Page. I'm telling you what I think. <laughs> this is what I thought. Now, I, all right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you finish. But I, either me. I don't know if Duff's gonna beat me to it. But I know exactly what you're up to. But continue. I'm not up to, and this is not some big trick. Okay. Number 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 two. All the stuff in space is very good. I was <laughs> all in. I was. I was compelled. I enjoyed it. There were some twists and turns along the way. Now listen, the ending of the movie could use some work. <laughs> could use some updates. It kind of falls apart, but I'd say for 90 minutes of this movie, I was enjoying myself and, dare I say, enjoyed it. Duff, you want to do this or should I? Because I'm sure we're both thinking the same I, thing. My my guard's up. Pose Law is in effect. All uh, right. Here's what Rob, listeners, this is what Rob's up to. <laughs> he, this has been going on for over a decade now. He <laughs> will never admit that a Brian De Palma movie is bad. <laughs> they're, they're always interesting. <laughs> he will. So he is, he dug in in probably in the the last decade to say, <laughs> Refusing to admit that Brian De Palma mostly sucks and is overrated. No, and I, that is not true. Whoa, no, mic I'm, levels. Watch hot. Mic. I said that he that you say argue that he isn't when it when in fact he very much is. Yeah, that's not. And so he's not overrated. Well, underrated. Okay. <laughs> underrated. We let you have your monologue. Let me have. Yeah, mine. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So. It it is absolutely impossible to get Rob to admit that a Brian De Palma movie is bad, and that's partly why I picked this to see if even Mission to Mars he would defend. And lo, it's here like, we are. It's like how the Fonz can't say he's wrong about something. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, like it's like how uh, Ben Stiller can't turn one way in uh, Zoolander. <laughs> let me let me tell you what happened. 
I watched this movie. I watched Mission to Mars, and I enjoyed it. And not only not only am I doubling down on what you're saying, I then watched the De Palma documentary on Netflix, which is fantastic, by the way. Uh, I which is just that, a, that might be. But uh, and then I watched I rewatched Sisters because that movie owns. And um, I like a lot of De Palma movies. I think there are. Let me think. Here's my thing of De Palma. It goes wrong sometimes, right? Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> things go awry. But okay. I would say, on the whole, there's probably like eight De Palma movies I really like, and that's more than I can say about most filmmakers. And okay. I, and and like even even like and, and honestly, like here's the thing, I haven't seen the De Palma movie that I think Joe you like the most, and I need to rectify that. That's Carlito's Way. I've never seen Carlito's Way. Yeah, that movie is actually good. But I really like Sisters. I I like Sisters. I like Carrie. I like Dress to Kill. I like Blowout. I like Scarface. I love Body Double. I love Body Double. I love The Untouchables. I like Mission Impossible. And I like Mission to Mars. And I bet y'all like Carlito's Way. So I'll say this in defense of him. Like when, when he's being like kind of intentionally campy, all of his movies are campy. It's just a matter of, like, is he trying to be or not? And I don't think Mission to Mars... I think Mission to Mars takes itself very seriously. Yeah, it's Whereas super... it, the movie he made before this, Snake Eyes, does not. So Snake Eyes makes no. me laugh. And uh, Snake Eyes is not good, but it's an interesting mess. Yeah, and he lets Nick Cage go crazy, and that's good, too. Uh, Carlito's Weight does take itself seriously, but maybe... I only saw it once. Maybe if I watched it again, I wouldn't like it. Untouchables takes itself seriously, and... Is good. Come on, it's Come can on. be pretty cringy sometimes, man. But it has cool parts to it. Blood is good. I'll agree with you on that. But whatever. We we don't need to go too deep into De Palma. But I do think maybe we He's should do a De special. Palma my, he has me in De Palma his hand when I watch yeah, his movies. He, he sure does. I think the ultimate test will be if we can do an episode on the Black Dahlia and you defend that. Yeah, that doesn't look very good, does it? <laughs> it's, so uh, part of me is like a, of part of me is amazed made. because you love Brian De Palma and you love erotic thrillers and you have not seen Femme Fatale. I've seen Femme Fatale in the theater. Oh, oh you yeah, didn't, you didn't mention you that liked. earlier. Maybe I, I, I didn't it. mention it as like a De Palma movie I love, but it's an interesting mess. <sighs> and and this is like my thing with him is like he he's a I think he's a really good filmmaker and that. He's really good at his craft. I mean, there's literally shots that own like there are certain techniques and shots that exist or are popularized because of Brian De Palma, right? Like the split diopter. There's no Reservoir Dogs ear cutting scene without without Brian De Palma's split diopter and stuff. Um, and in like you know, in Sisters, he uses um, split screen in really interesting ways. I just find it to be really dynamic. It's really interesting, and like I actually. Like I said, I enjoyed the characters in Mission to Mars. It falls apart at the end. It's silly at the end. It feels like you got to the end of a video game at the end where you're like, what? What? Okay, I guess that's what happened. But everything until then, I really like. I like the sequence on Mars when the big sandstorm when happens. the smoke monster from Lost sp- comes out. <laughs> in pre-Lost, brah, and uh, splits apart. Uh, that person into bloody bits. 
I enjoyed that. That was cool, by the way. Yeah, Very it was good. super cool, and I enjoyed everything in space. Tony, I enjoyed the. I'm so I'm gonna quote you, Rob, in my okay. reaction to this movie. This movie is bird boxy and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, way better than Bird Box. Uh, um, this movie, I uh, it felt I it felt like I've been watching it for seven hours. No I, way, really? I I did not like this movie. There, oh, man. there. I found little, if anything, I liked about it. Just like from the word go. We're introduced to like a, these, and this is my thing about De Palma. A lot of time, these people aren't characters; they're just archetypes who deliver exposition. It it some of the worst acting I've ever seen from performers who actually some of them are actually good at. Like Tim Robbins is awful in it. Gary, I don't Tim, think that terrible. at all. Tim Robbins. Don no. Cheadle doesn't really get to do much, but Don Cheadle has this moment that is one of the most embarrassing five-second performances ever when they kind of t- catch him up on everything that's going on when they find him at Mars again. Uh, I'll see if I can recreate it. Oh, oh, no, no, oh, no, <laughs> no, so... oh, no. Oh, 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 no, no, oh, God, oh, no. So I have a, uh, I, I'm already like mentally exhausted because I'm just going through everything Rob said. I have like the opposite opinion. This, uh, this movie is a turd. It is a no, it's turd. not. No. So ju- I'm just going through like I'm thinking here. Um, first of all. These are like the most irresponsible, horniest astronauts in the history of yeah. Of okay, film. that's one of the first things I wanted. They're just to talk happily about. married. Okay. No, hold on. How? Let me let me. Let, I, this is something I was really wanted to address. So, uh, Gary Sinise lost his wife. He's a mm-hmm. widower, and in fact, yep. like it was so traumatic that he wasn't really cleared for space missions. He, he, he right didn't the take head. the he didn't and take the psyche valve. Exactly. But then, so and he's friends with Tim Robbins and all these other characters and stuff, and they. Yep. Tim Robbins convinces the, I don't know, Russian guy or whoever's in charge to let uh, Gary Sinise come with him. So they're now on a mission to Mars, which takes, it's not super clear in the movie, but whatever, a year or something like that. It takes a long time. Yeah, it's about a year. And so Tim Robbins is like, oh, the sad guy who lost his wife is on the mission. Well, anyways, I'm going to be as horny as possible with my wife on this mission, dancing to Van Halen. Groping her constantly. What a weird sequence. <laughs> but it looks cool. It does no. not. It, it does. does. Not. How are they doing it? They're in zero grav. That's uh, cool. So this kind of goes back to my theory. I don't think Brian De Palma's ever actually talked to a woman. Like all his movies are like what he a does junior. when he asks them to take their clothes off when uh, he directs them. Yeah, he, <laughs> Brian De Palma's entire shtick is that. He directs and writes or whatever women the way like a junior high boy does who has never actually talked to one. I don't think you're wrong on that. (laughs) And this is how I honestly like this is how I think about the first two thirds of the movie Carrie. People always remember the end of the ending of Carrie, which is super awesome. But the first Mm -hmm. two thirds of that movie kind of suck. Well, he has talked to at least three women because he's married three of them. Yeah. And one of them he met on the set of Carrie. So shut your mouth up. Was it Piper Laurie? (laughs) Uh, No, Nancy Allen. Uh, Oh, really? 
Yeah, um, that was his first wife. So of three, I will I will say my my caveat to the movie Carrie: anything with Piper Laurie as the crazy fundy mom is great, but anything, uh, anytime you talk about De Palma being great, Rob, I want to sit you down and make you watch the Travolta PJ Soul scenes in Carrie, which are some of the dumbest scenes I've ever seen in any movie. <laughs> All right, so here's 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 my here's my De Palma shtick, right? So De Palma's part of part of like this '70s group of of filmmakers, right? It was like De Palma, Lucas, Spielberg. I, I, I'm just offended that he even gets included with some of them. He like, is, right, he fine. is though. I Coppola and Scorsese, right? And I think the difference between all those he, j- he just is, had the good coke, and that's why they let him in there. <laughs> <laughs> the the difference between those is the guys who seem like they still like movies seem to have interesting careers still right so like spielberg you can watch a spielberg movie and think this guy still really likes cinema he really is excited about the idea scorsese is the same way right coppola i don't no one watches a coppola movie and goes he really likes movies still (laughs) and Uh, the same with lucas and like de palma's like he still likes it he's just not as good as scorsese and spielberg and that's fine that's fine that's fine that's not that's an okay third place uh, I mean, I I put him way behind Coppola too, but yeah, I mean, like yeah, I agree, but like I would rather watch a De Palma movie now than a Coppola movie since like Dracula. I don't know, maybe. I mean, that's we're not. You're really. Uh, basically, I'm just saying a, he what, fell what, apart. What you just proposed is a Sophie's Choice where you want both kids Co- to die. Coppola makes better wine than movies, and that's been that way for like 25 years. Yeah, I. Mean, we focus on the younger Coppola now. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. Let's just let's stick to the movie. Um, okay, so, so I oh for once. So, so we have no. I just like <laughs> we don't need to. We we don't need to spend forty five minutes appraising Brian De Palma. Like, uh, I I haven't seen enough of his movies. I guess really, I've only probably seen eight or nine of them, which actually is a lot. But there's there's a, a uh, Jack in the Water moment in this movie with uh, Tim Robbins. <laughs> Wait, when you what? freeze and you sort of like fall down into the abyss. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so so we have some very very horny. So just I think it's such a bizarre mission to Mars. Anyways, just the makeup regular of the style to Mars. Very strange. Like what? Like it's it's such a it's a strange thing. Maybe you don't really see it anymore, but it seemed like for the '90s and the early 2000s, like this is a common thing in science fiction and action movies and stuff. Like spouses working together and being horny. Yeah, happened like all the time in the in movies, and it's just so. I would find I'd be furious if I had to work with them. With your spouse, it seems it seems no, like with like oh. around people <laughs> behaving that way. It seems very unprofessional, and also from a NASA standpoint, it seems like a big liability because, as we saw, the, she wasn't able to think logically. There's no HR in space stuff. Mm. I mean, okay, so let's <laughs> let's talk about that moment. Okay, so it's AR. The mission goes awry because some micro meteoroids—is that what they called them? Uh, just small, know. small meteorites. Small, small space debris hits hits, uh, hits the hull. It goes yep. through Jerry O'Connell's hand. That part was kind of neat, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. It's out. really cool when he's they, around. Little like uh, they fix it with Doctor Pepper. The, then it, it immediately becomes utterly stupid. Just the dumbest sequence ever, <laughs> where Gary Sinise uh, they they need to patch the hull. And air is rushing out of the hole at a rapid rate. I still don't understand 
how after all this air leaked out when they they fixed it and all of a sudden air comes back where did the air come from this movie well, they have is, they have this movie does have a terrible oxy- job of just they think if they say something once, it makes sense and well, but they, us, it, and it that does actually not. does make sense. It does that not. does make sense. It does too. The problem is it's depressurizing, and so it doesn't matter how much oxygen I'm, you pump into it; it's not enough because it's being sucked out. Once I'm you say like, but where is all the leftover air? Like, so then once they let's patch not, it, let's not get bogged down in this. I'm saying like there are like ten different sequences like this where I'm like that doesn't make a lot. Wait, what of do you sense. mean get bogged down? I was explaining it to you, and you're like, I don't want to hear it. There's t- ten times this is stupid. I was thinking more specifically of when, like, there's like, well, let's get out of the spaceship and land on the planet, <laughs> which is yeah. Really one- All right. Well, one thing at a time. So uh, they t- take advantage of an opportunity for product placement, and Gary Sinise there's realizes some bad that, product placement. Real bad. Tim Robbins finds figure goes out outside the hole to try to patch it, but he can't find the hole. So yep. Gary Sinise, thanks to his friends at Dr Pepper has a pouch of it and they squeeze it out and watch where the Dr. Pepper goes. And Which how is pretty clever. It's clever. I guess, yeah. It also could have been water, but okay. Could have been water. Uh, then, for some reason, Gary Sinise turns down an offer to have someone bring him oxygen or a mask or help probably for a good 10 minutes and then ultimately passes out. Absolutely he doesn't no... want to live, Joe. He, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Devil may care attitude. This is but awesome. that doesn't. Then why does he go on the mission in the first place if he doesn't care about dying? Because he likes space. <laughs> this is also that doesn't make any this sense. This is also some terrible acting from Gary Sinise, who I have seen be good. I know he can be good. So without legs, I don't. I've, <laughs> it is shocking how bad these performances are. I don't know who's worse, him or Tim Robbins, but oh boy! I really, you bad. really thought? Honestly, that honest to God, guys, that never came up in my head that they were bad in this movie. Oh, they're so Jerry O'Connell's bad. bad. Jerry O'Connell's bad, bad. They're they're all on the same level. Like yeah, Tim, I agree. Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins seems like he's doing an impression of a video game character. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the name of the army guy from Street Fighter? Is that Guile? It, it's sort of it's sort of like it looks like he's doing yeah like he's doing rehearsal for video game voiceover work, but he thinks it's still rehearsal and he doesn't <laughs> think anyone can see him. Yeah, like I don't think that's fair. Uh, I think well, he's fine in this movie. It's no. too bad he died because when was the last time he was in a movie? Did he uh, pass away? No. Yeah, but I did think the same thing while I was watching this. It has uh, been a while, but it's been a long time. Him and Susan Sarandon broke up. Maybe he's sad. Okay. Uh, anyways, and then so they're this, able this to patch is... it up, and then magically the atmosphere returns. Uh, that makes sense to me, just to be clear. I, I mean, I guess if they have like extra air stored in tanks that weren't exposed to that, and then maybe yeah, that that's sense. where it comes from. All right, cool. So then uh, they fix that, <laughs> and then what goes wrong? Oh, they, and then they, oh, but they missed a leak. They missed a leak. They so fire one of the up fuel the engines, tanks, and there's an explosion. So, the, so they, I, which I don't even understand why that would create an explosion, but some some fuel sickles leak yeah, out so before they hit the thrusters, and it lights the frozen fuel on fire. It seems like it's probably 100 yards away from the engines when it lights up. Let me but. teach you guys about science as the guy who interned at NASA. Um, yeah, you bring that up a lot. <laughs> Well, listen, when you have very few achievements, you just hold on to the ones you have. Um, So what happened is fuel leaked out of a tank, which instantly froze because it's space. And then it was being 
pushed back, and then when they started the engine, the flame of the engine hit this unused frozen fuel, which caused an explosion. It'd be yeah, like if all I know. of a sudden... <laughs> That's what I just said happened. You just said it didn't make I, any sense. I don't understand why it would why like fuel the frozen fuel rod that far away would create an explosion that would decimate so their ship. Here's here's the problem with this movie. When Rob explained it right now, it made sense. This movie does a horrible job of expressing what is going on and cause and effect of scientific processes. So they it blows up the engine, and then they need to um, basically the only way they can get onto Mars is they have to abandon ship and then find the module that was left behind from the previous mission and is orbiting around. And this yes. is the movie. Was the movie dumb enough for you yet? No. Well, then I like this fire scene. up this fire up this sequence because oh. they're all going to link together in a Congo line in their spacesuits. A human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> And they're going to try to just sort of through space hope they can uh, line up with this module orbiting around Mars, which would be moving at what? Thousands? Hundreds of miles an hour? There's, thousands? There's just so many things about this sequence that are stupid and comical to me. I don't. Uh, and I don't even like care that much. I don't want to Tyson Tuesday this movie, but like that thing would be moving so fast. But whatever. And the so sequence... they just decide let's hook up together and we'll lose, use our little spacesuit jets. And we'll find this module and use that to get on, onto Mars. Could, and guess what? They screw up the calculation. I could even forgive a lot of this if the sequence looks cool, but it does not. It does look cool. It looks silly. It, it was based on a Disney ride, and it looks like a Disney ride. It wasn't based on a Disney ride, was it? What yeah. Disney ride? Mission it, to Mars? Yeah. So Mission to Mars, good. Disney ride came out before this? Yes. I've been on the Mission to Mars Disney ride one time drunk. It was very fun. <laughs> that sounds more fun than this movie. I mean, the, yeah. listen, uh, fun fact with a Disney ride, you have to decide. The, the Mission to Mars Disney ride in Disney World is the deadliest ride in Disney. Yeah, it's closed Be- now, right? No, it's not well, closed. It's, it says uh, on the defunct Mission to Mars attraction at Disney theme parks. Too many miscarriages? Uh huh. I went on it like a few years ago. Um. Anyways, oh, you know what? It's called Mission Space now. Oh, okay. So, okay, I've not been on Mission to Mars. I've been to Mission Space, and Mission Space kills more people than any other ride in Disney because, <laughs> cool. Um, because it brings you into uh, there's a centrifugal motion that happens when you're in it, <laughs> and if you have any blood clots in your body that you don't know about. Uh, it'll kill you. You know about them. So, now? <laughs> yeah, now you know about it. It's only killed two people. Um, so <laughs> when you go on it, you decide if you want to go on the green team, which doesn't have centrifugal force, or you want to go on the orange team. And listen, go on the orange team, everyone. It's All a good right. way to die too. Let's let's break down this this sequence. Because so, stuff, okay. I know you'll agree with me. It's hilarious. So it's they great. the four, the four of them link up together in their spacesuits and they're just scoot boot scooting boogie through space, <laughs> and they realize that they screwed up the the measurements and they're not going to hit that they're not going to reach in the too fast. module. They're coming in too fast. Yeah. So yep. Tim Robbins says, "I will, um, I'll, I will leave the link up thing. I'll, yep. I'll scoot over there with my jets. I'll bring this. Um, I'll leave you with this little what would you like a winch." 
fishing it's like rod a bat gun, <laughs> a fishing rod. Yeah, a, a battery, a bat gun, and yep. he holds onto the end. and He's going to hook it up to this uh, module so that they can then reel themselves in. Mm-hmm. But he goes too quickly. He runs out of fuel to stop himself, so he skips, hits the, the thing at like about a rock on a water. He hits the thing at about thirty miles an hour. He's able to attach the the line winch or but whatever. yep but then the winch but then he bounces off of it and sort of starts drifting off into which makes sense we agree that all makes sense so far yeah okay but then here's where i mean and i swear this lasts for 45 minutes it's a good them all just guys. talking through this nonsense sequence and him just basically calmly along with gary sinise calmly explaining that he's done for there's no way they can reach him and then yep. his wife it has not gotten sick of being horny with him yet, and she just leaves the group she, to go and try to save him and shoot the t- the winch gun at him, but it's too short. And in order to keep her from continuing to try to save him, he takes his mask off. She is and she, kills himself right in front she of is, her. She is so dumb and so overcome. I like with, the scene. I like the scene. It's so silly. It. She should uh, here again. He like, could, the, like she. In this movie, she just has no logical thoughts because she is so horny for Tim Robbins <laughs> that he's he told her like calmly like four different ways. He's like, oh, fine, F it. I'm going to take off my space helmet and my head is going to instantly freeze because it's and maybe that's in space and maybe that will teach you. And then after that, even she just like kind of s- floats there. And Gary Sneeze has to talk her back, like, oh, hey. Um, yeah, he, we, he's, he's frozen now, so. Yeah, we could wait, wait, back. hold on. I'm going to defend a little bit. We've listened, we've listened to John Lithgow breathe heavily for 20 minutes in 2010, the year we made contact. We watched yeah. 2012, which was capital S stupid. Back to the Future 2 is nonsensical. Running yeah. Man has a dude who sings opera the, and drives around in a little little mobile uh, the, this movie is <laughs> we asking have, us to feel things for these characters we Those have akira which has something suck everyone up and and engulf them with you its cannot sack. compare you cannot compare and, and now you we're like nitpicking mission to mars you know this movie isn't trying to be like that. This is the best movie that we've talked about this season. No See, way. this is what he does, everybody. No and way. and you only have to listen to it like every other week. <laughs> we have to I listen will, to it every time Rob, we talk to him. Rob, I will agree with you that this movie is just as bad as 2012. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's better than it's it's it this movie's fun. I like this no, movie. Not fun. It is, it, there's nothing... It's funny to laugh at. Uh, I was laughing a lot while I was watching it. Uh, I was laughing oh, before at I, it. Before I forget, the music in this is terrible. It is overwrought. Shut your Ennio Morricone. Oh, no. It is his one of his worst scores. Ennio Morricone. Um, I will say, I will say this movie has moved De Palma to no longer make movies in the U.S. <laughs> like De Palma made <laughs> this movie, it didn't go well, and he now makes movies in other countries. Good. He should be run out of town on a rail. <laughs> oh, stop it. Even Black Stop Dahlia it. was in another country? I think it was he's, fine. I don't think it was a Hollywood film. He's He gets those backers Woody Allen has. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a, he has to work uh, with those people. He's so bad. So when, uh, before we uh, go any, before we get to like the end of this movie, I want to talk about Gary Sneese's hair. <laughs> yes! What is going on? So 
I was watching with my wife, and we were like, "What? What is this haircut?" He has this really weird eyeliner. He's wearing mascara. He's, he's wearing thing. mascara, and his hair looks like um, his hair looks like number one. They put in plugs, and then they went for a Caesar cut, which yeah. I, which I will say was very big around the time, like Brad Pitt and Clooney had Caesar haircuts. But it, it's like if Zuckerberg's hair was a little bit more ninety. <laughs> it is distractingly bad. And in a movie, can I? Will you at least agree with that, Rob? I will agree with that. So another thing, while we're on uh, the subject of hair, um, so when they go and find uh, Don Cheadle, and he has the space madness, which uh, Mm -hmm. is briefly cool. I was almost like, oh, something cool going to happen? Is he going to be a murderer now? But no, he did not turn out that way. Um, So Don Cheadle has been on Mars for a year just rummaging about and he lived in a greenhouse and his his hair got a lot longer and then like a couple scenes later he does not have his hair is back to its normal length who cut his hair Gary Sinise and his awesome uh, haircut he always like, is trimming his hair I, it, like which of the white people cut this black guy's hair <laughs> she, Matt Damon so they get they get down do manage to get down to Mars, and I will say this is the other thing that a cool part of the movie I thought is Gary Sinise is kind of moving through his little greenhouse that he built, and and then he moves his head a little bit and you see Don Cheadle behind him like staring at him. Yeah, that's it's pretty, cool. That's a cool reveal. I'll, it's I'll like yep. that. That's one of the things Brian De Palma is actually good at. Is oh like, stop it. No, like let, let that, that, Actu- no, I, I, actually good at you. Well, actually, no, like he's good. He's good at like trashy filmmaking, trashy Hitchcock ripoff stuff like that. Like I don't, I can't think of a better way to say it. Like I'm, I'm is it trashy to, or is it just Hitchcock ripoff? I mean, it's both. I'm both. Yeah, I'm. I am just thinking of like body double and dress. Body double kill. owns uh, dress kill owns I mean, too. See, here's the thing: those movies are at least fun. Like, I think those movies are kind of silly, but they're supposed to be silly and they're fun. I don't think they're great, like, by any means. But that, like, every once in a while in this movie, you get, like, a little glimmer of that type of thing. Like, when the tornado thing, like, spins that person around. (laughs) Yeah! But, okay, okay, but what I just described is, like, 35 seconds in this terrible movie. Then they have an extended Uh, dance sequence to Dance the Night Away by Van Halen. uh, And then... You have like this it's Van Halen's fault, not theirs. And then you have this like, come on, you have this like Final <laughs> Fantasy looking alien come out. And... Oh my god, it's so bad. Okay, so, so okay, they, here's they my find, question. May... Yeah, isn't right. this just the abyss in space? I haven't seen the abyss. It is. The, here's another reason I don't like this movie. So I I will say one positive thing at the end. This movie is a hodgepodge of other science fiction movies done better it is close encounters and contact and the abyss and apollo 13 to a certain extent which isn't sci-fi but whatever I mean, it has like that 2001 like rotating thing yeah that he, yeah that they walk it's along. cool and that's it's cool just, that's cool yeah. in this movie can we admit that <sighs> why is it cool in 2001 and it's not in this it's different in this i guess i just considering that this is like what 133 years later it's cool. I, I mean, I don't. It feels out of place. Like, yeah, it's, it's just it's just showing off. Well, actually, I don't mind showing off in science so, fiction movies just for the sake of it. But 
it doesn't it doesn't earn my sense of awe. There's never a sense of awe in this movie. And if you're gonna make a space travel movie at this scale with this budget, you better have a cool few, couple parts that make me see. Gasp. I I I thought there were cool things, and I I thought the characters were human. I, I mean, I get what you're saying about like. I get what you're saying about that they're not, um, they're not, they're sort of cliche. But it's more like you know, this is we mentioned this a so lot. It, but like in would, 2001, I don't know what like if you're like describe some attributes of David, I'd be like, I don't know, he's an astronaut. So one thing I will say in in response to that is that I could maybe put up with that if they weren't so terribly acted. They're just. <sighs> It's they're just bad. Like, we disagree. I think with a, with a better script, maybe it could have been all right. But and this is most of what the bad reviews would say is just the dialogue in this movie is uh, among the worst I've ever heard. It is clunky and exposition laden, and then it's randomly horny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like there's a lot of talk about Tim Robbins grabbing his wife's ass. There is yeah. a f- maybe three more references are needed for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many is too lot. many? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, does anyone? Did the face? Did the face uh, on Mars remind anyone of the uh, of Pink Floyd's "The Division Bell" album cover? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, you're right. Yeah, I didn't I guess think of it all I, I could think of is like, oh, it's Division Bell. So they, um, and that they finally like as you you know you have done a good summary of the movie. They they kind of thank you Jill. figure out that the, uh, uh, with a nice callback to the M and M's product price placement in this movie that yeah um, there's a Pennzoil place. There's a lot of really yeah. uncomfortable like product placements on this. I'm and with you on that, guys. So they fill in the missing chromosomes on DNA to prove that they are intelligent life or human or whatever and then it lets them into this big white palace thing and then they do um they're like what if we what if we have like a video explanation of evolution but we make it wrong and dumb it's like (laughs) they didn't even see jurassic park to like i learned from jurassic park years before this that dinosaurs evolved into birds but Ah, dna Dino, Dino. yeah, we need that little, yeah. d- that little DNA <laughs> guy. Yeah, apparently, apparently the in this clippy version, of a fish just goes into a mammoth. <laughs> yeah, the clippy <laughs> of regenerative direct, biology. Direct line from reptiles to woolly mammoth. It's like, do it you want a movie weird. that has the spe- the CGI special effects of uh, an IMAX movie you watched at the museum in 1996? Okay, but to be fair, <laughs> is it only that sequence that looks bad? I think the rest looks good. I think so. Um, I think. It looks okay. It's not great. I do. But it's not bad. I no. think that the spacecraft looks good with the. And I think on the surface. In the Mars, Mars it feels okay. like Mars. It feels like they're somewhere. I think any of the action shots in space look very flat, and I think it's just because at the time everyone was doing nine up this. depth for you, Duff, in space. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm saying, just like checking. it looks very CGI, and it looks like very. You know, and this is of the era where everyone was doing CGI, and very few did it well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, yeah, the alien looks like it's from a video game. The a- l- listen, the whole ending feels like I got to the end of a Mass Effect game, where you're like, <laughs> "Wait, what? 
okay, I guess. Yeah, the video game makers were like, oh, we actually we can't just keep making the story bigger in order to keep yeah. people interesting. We have to actually have a conclusion. So here's uh, here's the positive thing I was going to say earlier, is that this movie does is in a way uh, it's the predecessor to Prometheus, and that I feel like Prometheus ripped this movie off plot wise, but Prometheus had much better effects even though that movie's kind of silly and stupid plot wise but i at least enjoyed watching prometheus really yeah okay i mean um have you guys seen prometheus yeah 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 like i feel like i mean obviously there's differences but the whole thing about it you know oh aliens i mean aliens put their seed uh, onto earth and that's how humanity began. And then the end, someone goes off and tries to find more information. Um, the big reason that Prometheus is a better movie is because it has an alien abortion scene, which owns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a question about the season. Is that okay? Is that, are we, are we at that level? Yeah, sure. I don't want to argue. This is not an argument. This is just a question. We've talked about six movies. Without yeah. ranking them, what are your three favorites? Um, uh, Akira, um, Back to the Future 2, uh, and 2012. Joe? Uh, I would say... My favorite is The Running Man. I'm not saying that's the best one, but it's yeah, like it's my a favorite. favorite. So, so my favorite would be the Running Man, and Akira would be a close second, and then Back to the Future 2 would be third. I'd go Running Man, uh, Back to the Future 2, and Mission to Mars are my three favorites we've talked about. Oh, boy. Hey, I'm, I mean it. All right, I mean no. it. Take that, 2012. <laughs> I mean, I'm not mad if you don't like 2012. 2012 is a stupid movie. Yeah, I like very it, though. Dumb. I'm just shocked you like this movie less than 2010. That's wait. like a shocking thing to me. So, wait, you mean 2010 or 2012? 2010. Uh, t- 2010 has its issues. Boring being the big one. It's. I at least think there are some okay performances in that. I mean, you, I know that you don't care for the Lithgow sequence, but... I compare compare I actually like that because I, I found it relatable. So com- <laughs> compare Lithgow's space freakout to Gary Sinise's space freakout and Gary Sinise is like a high school drama production level acting. It's it, it's bad. And I again I think that's on De Palma. I don't think he generally gets good performances when he's not in his wheelhouse. And this is not his wheelhouse. Hmm. Because like when, I mean, I think De Palma, when he is good, it's usually with very, like, over-the-top, like we said, campy, trashy, lurid material. Um, this this is a movie that very much wants to be, like, this feels like it was supposed to be an Oscar movie. Like, it felt I mean, so, I will, I will like say this. It was this. just swinging for the fences, and there's so much emotion and drama and... Yeah, I will say this. I would never read a Daniel Steele book, but I would watch Brian De Palma's adaptation of a Daniel Steele book. 
Brian De Palma is Daniel Steele for Madden. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'm okay with that. Uh, let's just talk. I guess we, we've in our previous episodes, as, as we're kind of running long here, we've tried to connect it to the culture at large. And I guess the reason I picked this movie is is there's a whole lot of talk about, you know, in the next decade, well, probably beyond the next decade, sending humans to Mars. And and there's been a lot of movies since this one came out centered around that too, right? I mean, I would say it's one of maybe the chief space-related fascination in 2019 is, is human beings colonizing Mars or going to Mars. Um, do you think we'll make meaningful progress towards that in the 2020s? Do no. You think, do you... Um, are are you as fascinated by it as much of the public seems to be, and and, ba- and seemingly every American billionaire seems to be? Do you want to go to Mars? Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think I think space in the great beyond and frontier is worth exploring. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's exclusive. Like, I think there's. I don't feel like we should ignore uh, Earth and the issues we have at it, but I think it's, it's worth thinking. Like I kind of think it's somewhat similar to people who are like, Oh, we should only care about American interests, not other countries. I kind of think that's wrong. Much like I think it's wrong to only care about our planet and not spend the money and time to look at other things in space. That said, do I think it happens in the 2020s? Absolutely not because it's become more and more of a thing that, you know, like Elon Musk probably has more to do with the success of that than the government and i think that's probably wrong i don't think that's the right way to look he's at a this. charlatan and a moron <laughs> yeah because yeah. i don't know who said this but he is the greatest james bond villain of our lifetime <laughs> yeah but th- they were actually smart enough to make things difficult for james bond and yeah elon musk yeah we don't have that. the james bond for the elon musk who is our james bond <laughs> we don't have one i don't know whoever finally puts him in jail uh, so we do have a NASA mission plan for 2020 to send another rover to Mars to sort of collect rocks and materials that can hopefully be retrieved by a later mission to Mars. So we NASA continues to uh, yeah, but I mean make that's... make efforts to it. I'm just I'm just saying this movie. Yeah, they they went to Mars in the 70s too with the Voyager. Like that's that doesn't mean anything. Like that's not much progress. No, I'm not. I didn't say necessarily that it is. I'm just updating was the i thought the voyager was the satellite that carl sagan helped work on that we yeah so so we have i think we have had at least two um pieces of equipment actually land on mars maybe maybe more but we have a rover there now and we'll be sending so i I, at least as far as i know we'll be sending another one uh next year from what I can gather on the NASA page, it seems to so, still. Oh, uh, the Viking! You're right. The Viking is what went to yeah. was the rover on Mars. That was still the 70s, though. Yeah. Okay. I was, I know the Voyager is the thing with like the gold plated discs that have all the languages and stuff like that That's, on them. Uh, the records that went gold. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> is the is the current estimation of people of space travel time like eight to nine months? to get to mars so i will say this i i will say this watching this movie and also watching um first man and also like thinking about 
uh, how we talked about like 2012 and bad dads. Like, if you're like, if you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to leave my wife and child for a year or so to go to space. You're a bad dad. You might be a good astronaut. You might be an explorer, but you're undoubtedly a bad dad. Yeah, it's kind of like how in Close Encounters, Richard Dreyfuss is actually a terrible parent. <laughs> terrible. That's not the right decision. You're not thinking of anyone but yourself. He just basically goes insane, drives his family away, and is like, oh, whatever. I'm going off with these aliens. Yeah. S- later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. That doesn't mean, you know, your curiosity isn't still important, but you can't you can't hold on to the fact that you're, you know, doing fatherhood right. It's kind of an uh, an interesting flip side of the coin to the Zero's journey where these men see uh, space travel and extraterrestrials as an an escape from a domestic life that they don't desire. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, First Man's a bit about that, too, because I think he has a kid that dies and then he still has another kid and he's like, ah, I'm just going to go to space because I'm sad about the first kid. Like, well, you got another kid you could be around for, but I see you chose not to. And the whole... Another thing about this movie is I, none of these people seemed like astronauts to me because nowadays astronauts are always just huge nerds. <laughs> and these people, and like especially like Tim Robbins and a little bit Gary Sneese, they fit into that mold of the first generation, which were just like World War II vets who are yeah. like holding in their PTSD. And trying That's to- true. Like if you watch <laughs> like the right stuff, like a lot of those guys are like your flyboys. Yeah. You're sort of like your you're kind of like historically like what an astronaut was like yeah now it's all just like you know physicists and statisticians and what yeah it's less it's way less sexy now than it was emotionally stunted guys with daddy issues yeah it was seriously guys reddit reddit users it was guys who guys who like went to fight the nazis or went to korea and came back and then like they went stir crazy because they just need to like have adrenaline at all times so it's like oh whatever i'll go space yeah that's a good point I don't know if we'll get to Mars in twenty in the twenty twenties. Things things seem to be collapsing down here, <laughs> off, <laughs> off at a at a higher rate than I had anticipated. I don't know. Okay, so I guess like we're not qualified to speculate on the feasibility of going there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> except for Rob, who spent a month at NASA. No, a summer, did. Joe, okay, as two, a teenager, two, two months. I, I guess are you fascinated by it, like? Because movies like, like this do pop up fairly regularly, and and uh, so are you still as fascinated by possibilities of us venturing off into space as maybe you were when you were a kid? Does it continue uh, to fascinate I'm not, you? This, I mean, this sounds really dumb, but I'm not as fascinated by our solar system because I feel like we, Uranus. We kind of know. Thank you. We kind of know. <laughs> Just Neptune him out. <laughs> Like, we know more or less the makeup. Like, we've, we've learned things. and But I'm, I mean, the notion of, you know, way out there. And honestly, I don't, Rob, I don't know how you can like this movie and you don't like Interstellar. That's solid. I, I don't know. I mean, part of it is, like, probably expectations. I came into this being like, I'm sure this is terrible. And I was like, ah. Enjoyed it. I, mean, I know that like inter- Interstellar it, people are like, it is 2001 now. I mean, I know yeah. Interstellar is divisive. I'm not saying it's without its flaws, but I I think that that movie does inspire a sense of wonder and 
mystery to me. I mean, my answer to that would be, I feel like as you know more about the world, if you're like, hey, what do you think is more important? Uh, finding out more about space or a way to find clean water. Like, I think clean water might be better. If we can figure out a way to get clean water for everyone, let's do that. Um, but I still think it's important, and I think it's worth exploring. No, it it definitely is. It's just personally, it's not like like there there are. Th- I get more interested in um, SETI S E T I, which is what sends the radio signals into like deep space. Yeah. Um, one thing I always find interesting is how. Like, do you think that there are aliens way out there who are just now getting, like, the first radio waves? Like, when we started transmitting radio in the, I don't know, the 1910s or 20s or whatever. And, like, they're just slowly, it's like, oh, wonder how this World War One's going to pan out. <laughs> what, wonder what the Earthlings are going to get into. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't, you know, probably, I guess. They even knew what we were saying. <laughs> That's the other thing. But I, I in, in high school, I did a presentation about why aliens existed. And yeah. it was pretty compelling. <laughs> do, you, do you remember any of the arguments? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I had gone to a lot of websites to help <laughs> build my case. And that was in 2000. So yeah, it probably wasn't very solid. A lot of angel did, fire did, sites. And, uh, so did you cite any Blink-182 songs? I did not, no. I don't know if they were singing about that stuff yet. I don't think so. Well, 20, we did it. 20 teens are done, man. We did it. Our and, dumb decade uh, is over. Sometime later tonight, I'm sure everyone listens to this immediately when it comes out. Mm-hmm. That's um, what happens. So Go smooch someone guys, and then turn this on. <laughs> yeah, but don't sno- smooch them uh, right in front of a widower <laughs> while in deep space in an isolated mm-hmm. area. And if you're Brian De Palma, you'd ask them to take off their clothes on camera yeah. before you did it. Don't talk about how <laughs> horny you are for your wife in front of a widower. <laughs> Pro tip. That's not fair. You don't have to change your life because some dude lost his wife. That was years ago. <laughs> it was like, uh, it was like <laughs> a year ago. How long? Like forever? As long as I'm friends with this person, I can't be excited about my marriage because what if it's the their defining, wife died? What if it's the defining key central way he's been characterized in the movie is I as a say, widow? get a hobby bro how about how about a more nuanced script well, i mean that's fair although I, although i will say like i i agree with you guys the script is a bit Bad. haphazard half okay but i enjoy did that you say, it's, did you say haphazard yeah haphazard <laughs> uh haphazard you're you're the half one uh i will say that I enjoyed that it was a space movie under two hours. It felt way longer. You you feel way longer. Yeah, it felt. <laughs> I was so bored. All right. Anything <laughs> else, guys? No, I'm right. Is this going to be the end of our show? No, we we uh, uh, thank you for that wonderful segue, Joe. Uh, we are continuing on. We are doing a Forrest Gump minute over at Forrest Gump minute.com we are also we have a patreon you can be one of the handful over there at patreon.com slash the midnight boys we'll be having an episode every month from there and a free podcast is not going anywhere there will be another season with another theme down the road in 2020 isn't that crazy guys 2020 
But Oscar. after this, we're going to only be able to be financed in Europe. Yep. <laughs> yep. Also, if you got 50 bucks burning a hole in your pocket, we'll talk about whatever movie you want. That's true. And uh, in, that's in, how you can make the Black Dahlia happen. In true Brian De Palma fashion, I am recording all my episodes in 2020 nude. 